Welcome to Finance to Futurist, a side trade podcast series on how innovation, data and AI are disrupting order to cash. Hi, this is Natalie Silverman for SideTrade. Welcome to Finance to Futurist. On today's episode, we're discussing the idea behind adopting a customer experience mindset across the full order to cash cycle, but particularly as the foundation of your collection strategy. Please welcome SideTrade Senior Customer Success Manager, Stacy Seema. Good morning, Stacy, and thanks for sitting down for Finance to Futurist. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. It's great to see you, and I'm really happy to be working with you again. And But this is the first time that Stacey's going to be a special guest on our podcast. So Stacey, if you wouldn't mind, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your background and your role at SideTrade. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. Yes, it is nice to be working with Natalie again. And a little bit about my background, which is my career, I started in finance. I fell my way into order to cash credit collections many years ago. You know, we never tried to go there, but a lot of us just end up falling into a credit and collections career. And, and that's sort of what happened with me. And I spent many years in order to cash management. Most recently, I was director of credit for a national building products distributor. And then I had the opportunity to look at side trade. A little bit about my past, a little bit extra about my past, is that I was always involved in projects that use software as a tool for process improvement. Process improvement has always been a love of mine. It's been my passion. And so even in finance, with the companies that I had worked for in credit and collections, I was a part of the projects to research, bring on, implement, (laughs) deal with after implementation, what it was like to bring in software solution. So I had a lot of contacts in software and that is how I ended up working with SideTrade is I met somebody that worked at SideTrade that I had worked with previously and it seemed like a great fit and great fun. So I took the opportunity and came on to SideTrade. I'm very excited to be here. Well, we're very happy that you're here and I love being able to work with you again. And I know you said you kind of fell into credit and collections, but you know, your expertise is unmatched. And so today I want to get into a topic that is near and dear to your heart. And I think to a lot of listeners, it's a bit different than maybe a topic we've talked about previously, but I want to talk a bit more about the customer experience because whether it's customer experience or customer success, which is what your your new role is here, it doesn't just sit in one department. You know, I think some people might think, you know, it's people that only deal with customers that need to be thinking about this type of mindset. But really, it's the responsibility, I'd say, of the entire company and that everyone within an organization, right, they're collaborating to deliver this frictionless experience for the customer, right? So I think this mindset is something that I'd love to to dive in a bit deeper with you and talk about this Mm -hmm. idea of the customer journey that I think actually starts long before the purchase is even made. So absolutely. let's talk a little bit about, in your opinion, what is this idea of a customer success mindset? So actually, for me, this started many, many years ago, even before I was working at SideTrade as a customer success manager. It started many years ago when I was kind of beginning my career in collections and credit management. And the thought was, 
you know, customers were always coming to me needing something. And I sort of had this crazy thought of, you know, a lot of customers came to us, which we hear, right? Is you're doing collections. What do you hear? You know, I, I have somebody who needs to pay me. I don't have the money. They haven't paid me, especially if you're in, in construction <laughs> collections, you definitely know what I'm talking about. There was a lot of that. So, you know, in order to help with our situation, which was we needed, we needed the money from the customer. They didn't always have the money, but it became, it started out then of, let me help teach you some tips, tricks for collecting. You know, who, is, who was doing their collecting, you know, for this company, for smaller companies, they may not have collections companies. And, and so I started writing some letters and sharing some of the letters that we had and, and doing some, hey, here's how you collect some of your money. Oh, here's, here's a credit application that could be good for you to use to manage your credit risk. And so it's truly started, this idea for me, started a long time ago. Maybe that's because my background is in general finance, that I could see what AP departments were going through because I had been on that side of it. And it sort of spurred this, what can we do? Now, here I am, a few years later, customer success manager for a software company. You know, what does that mean? What does customer success mean? What is a customer success way of thinking? And no matter what, to what your point is, no matter what part of yet you're doing with a customer, you should always think about what could make them more successful. If your sales, collections, dispute management, credit line review should always be in the back of your mind. What could make this customer more successful? Now, sometimes that's not possible for every single customer, and I know time is limited, but we kind of go into when we're having a conversation with a customer and in the back of our head, we're thinking about, we got to call them, we're asking for money. But if we also just think about why are they in this situation? You know, what is their customer like with them? Then we can help make them more successful. And it's not always what they want, right? It's not always, they're not, it's what could make a customer more successful is, not always what they're coming to ask you for. And it's not always what they're wanting you to do for them, but really try to think about what they need and what relationship and build that relationship with them. Always be prepared to have those, you know, conversations with your customer. It just in general builds a good relationship. It's not always what can we offer our customers? You know, there's, I've heard that question before from people when I've shared this idea of, well, what can we do? We can increase terms or, you know, we can increase credit limit. Now, again, that may not always be what they need, but what can we share with them to help them be more successful? Maybe it's tools. Like, for example, I was giving collection letters to some of my customers in a previous life and saying, here, send some of these emails out. I was giving them scripting. You know, maybe they just need tools. Maybe they need training. You know, are they really well trained in the systems that they have? You have a, a customer portal or other tools that make it easier for your customer to do business with you. Maybe they just need a little more training on that. And I will say as just sort of an asterisk to this wrapping around this entire conversation is when you have this customer mindset, a big part of that is making sure your books are clean. Make sure cash and payments are being applied. Unbilled credits are being issued timely. Or is dispute management being resolved? Maybe your customer, what they need to be a, a good payer 
is just for, for you to have cleaner books. You know, we all have that situation that comes up. We have things that linger when we're trying to work on customers' accounts, but maybe there's some internal changes that could be made to streamline the process so that when we present, when you present yourself to your customers, you're giving them a clean statement, an up-to-date statement, explanations of what is on there, you know, what open invoices they have available, or if they skip something. So it's important to just make sure when your your books and items are as clean as possible. And if not, then just be really transparent with your customer. We haven't had a chance to build this credit yet. We're still researching this, but we understand that we have this that's still open, but we want to talk about this. So so how do you collect and still practice good customer centricity? Yeah, that and, was gonna that was gonna be my next. You just took the words right out of my mouth. So yeah, sorry. I mean how, how did no, it's fine. So <laughs> I'd like to maybe talk about some best practices, right? So how do you practice this area of customer centricity when you also know in the back of your mind you need you need to collect and you need your cash back into your business too? So what does it cost you? If your customer is not successful, best case is you lose a customer and you lose future sales. Worst case is they leave you with a large balance that you have to write off or you incur legal fees and then have to write off a large balance, which is the worst, worst case scenario. And I know we have all been there for that. It's painful. The time invested and not just losing a future sale, but understanding what it costs sales to bring in new customers. So we lost that customer. We lost the sales from that customer. Now our sales team has to invest X number of hours to replace that business. So it's just important to look at your internal departments in a holistic fashion and what it costs you to have a customer that's not successful with you. And if they're not successful, they're not going to be a good customer for you. I think it's all in mindset, just a customer success mindset. And how do you collect, right? How do you collect and still practice customer centricity? And I think communication is a key way. Know how your customer likes to communicate. In today's world with technology, there are definitely people out there who want to have email-driven communications, and they're great with it. There are customers who want to be on the phone, who want to speak to somebody. And there's actually people out there who want to text still. And so a big part of that is communicating with your customer before things are bad, right? Before things are bad. The key is just to communicate and build communications with your customers. Again, to try to identify What things you think your customer could use? Are there things that you could provide that could make your customer more successful? And they may not be receptive to it. Again, this is an individual decision. You don't want to sit there and tell every customer, here's what what you're doing wrong and here's what you need to think. Think about your approach. Think about communication. Hey, this has worked for me. Is this something that could work for you? Sometimes reporting is having the right reports is the best thing. And that's what a customer needs. So The key is just to find out, and again, these conversations are much easier if you have them early on. One of the things that I we set up when I was in a director management position was we set up a first phone call with new accounts and we had a conversation about expectations. 
we talked to them about terms because sometimes purchasing said terms with this and there's not always an alignment on what the terms really are supposed to be, what the credit limits are. And, and so it's important to have a first phone call with a new account, with the accounts payable of a new account when possible, and just talk about expectations. This is how you're going to get your invoices from us. Do you send a statement? Do you not send a statement every month or every week? Are there special requirements? Because it would be wonderful if you have AP requirements and you know what those are early on in the process so that even the first invoices can go out the door with the correct information on them and just save yourself the disputes down the road. I always just was a true believer in a first meeting before even an invoice went out, before a sale was even made, and just get to know that that customer and, and find out, get over, answer some of those questions and get over some of those humps that could cause problems down the road and just expectations. This is how we notify you. If an invoice is past due, you will get this email. That is what's so great about automation and credit and collections. Then it's really easy to tell your customer what to expect. Here's how we notify you so that you know as soon as possible that we're missing payment on an email. Most of the time, collections is dispute management. A lot of times it's just we didn't get an invoice copy or it's just a, you know, an administrative error. And so you want to sort those out and resolve them as quickly as possible. And the way to do that is to identify them quickly and have a set way with your customer to say, we want to make sure that your account is in great standing. And so we want to make sure that we let you know if something didn't get paid and this is how we notify you. And here's when this notification is going to come. It's just important and just a great trip that when you do collections and you have a new account that you set up those expectations at the beginning. And then it just improves you when you start off on such a strong, good foot you're just going to have a much better relationship down the road. And there's still hard discussions. Customer is in a bad shape. You know, you still may have to have hard discussions with them about, I'm sorry, we can't release any more orders or we need payments or, you know, you have to kind of set some fences, but you want to put yourself in the best position to succeed. And that is by creating a customer focused way of collections early in the process and then continue that as you're building your relationship with them. You know, I love that. And I love, you know, I want to just circle back to one thing that you said, because you're right, what you do at the beginning of the cycle, right? And we always talk about end-to-end order to cash, but, you know, sometimes people don't really realize that you just mentioned time to invoice, right? Or, Or making sure that the invoicing is proper and set up correctly at the beginning, like you said, so there aren't disputes and there aren't issues that are going to affect your DSO at the end of the cycle. So you're right. I mean, it's little things like getting the invoicing right at the beginning. Um, And then, you know, I think you mentioned too, let's talk about real-time data as an example, right? Because again, real-time data and having more transparency and flexibility and being able to see into what's happening throughout the entire order to cash cycle, you're right. It actually provides you with, guess what? You could tell your customer right away when there's an issue or where there's something that needs to be addressed and you do it in real time versus waiting until there's there's a problem or a dispute at the end, right? So I thought, you know, I thought you brought up some great points there. And, you know, sometimes people don't realize how real-time data can really have an impact too on, on the customer experience. It's 
Incredible. And and the way software side trade and having that reporting is amazing to see the tools that collection departments have available. And so when you have that automation, when you have that data reporting, you can see and solve problems so quickly, identify trending issues so quickly. You save the time, you have the time and the tools to really work on those. And then you're not scrambling just, you know, to plug slide trade a little bit, you're not scrambling with an Excel worksheet trying to decide who you're going to call. Like now you can make some really smart decisions. This is unusual payment behavior for this customer. Let me give them a call and see what's going on. And most of the time, realistically in this world, most of the time people want to pay you. They do because it's not fun for them either to have you call and to be in the middle of those situations. So it's just about identifying the issues and getting them resolved as quickly as possible is is a much better conversation than sending a demand letter down the road the following month. So yes, being notified, having the tools is the most important thing, you know, to being able to build on that customer relationship and building customer success with your customer. My last question is going to talk a little bit about priorities for finance leaders, because I do think customer success and the customer experience does play in to, you know, one of the overarching themes that we're seeing for 2023. We keep seeing that, you know, more finance leaders are thinking about transformation. And I know transformation can be a bit of a buzzword, right? But, you know, again, (laughs) it goes back to how does it help the customer experience and how, how can you do little things, whether like you just said, automation or optimizing your Excel process that maybe has worked traditionally. And it's, it's been great for your needs, but as you, as you grow and scale as a business, you have to be thinking about more tools and more automation and ideas like AI or, or more data and analytics, again, to help you with that transparency. So how do you think customer success and customer experience plays into one of the top priorities for finance leaders, which is transformation? I think if you look at the way business is changing, if you hear and you read the articles, you read about companies who are concentrating more on employee experience, customer experience, this is definitely a hot topic and it's important for people to do. You want to meet your customer where they are. You want to have tools for what your customer needs. If your customer is doing business across many time zones, then you want them to have access to the tools and information they need when they need it. That's what they need to be successful. They don't want to wait on somebody. We're also seeing so many people that are so much better at technology (laughs) that they're getting used to an online world. They're getting used to having a lot of instant data access to instant knowledge. And, And so you want to give that to them. You cannot be all things to every customer, but you want to have the tools that help most of your customers. And the goal is all, right? You can't always get there, but that's what you strive for. And and I think the, the key is just having the tools and above all is just listening. When you listen, when you're building that relationship, when a customer knows they can come talk to you about what's going on in their situation and know that you're there as a resource for them to help them and maybe have some ideas or tools or training that could help them be successful, that's only going to build your relationship with them and make it even stronger. Thanks, Stacey, for your insights into the future of finance. For Side Trade, this is Natalie Silverman. 
This has been another episode of Finance to Futurist, a side trade podcast series. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to our podcast on sidetrade.com or through your podcast platform of choice. Thanks so much for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by Sidetrade and is for general information purposes only. All rights reserved.